I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Episode 23 of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. I just, I'm just jumping right in this week, guys. It's been a long week. Uh, for yours truly, um, I, ha- I think I had a similar explanation for this a couple of shows ago, maybe a little bit longer than that actually, might maybe about a month ago, um, I'm going to be talking a little bit slower on this week's show, um, I'm going to be a little bit calmer, I'm not going to try to yell as much, uh, the, what I just did there at the beginning is most of when you yell, I just had another procedure done, uh, I'm not going to dive into what it is or anything like that, uh, that's not what this show is about. Um, I think I said this one, I had a similar procedure. It's, 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 it's related to another procedure I had for before an earlier podcast, but I'm still doing it. I'm still fighting through them. Um, I gotta, gotta get that content out for you guys and, and things like that. But I just, you know, if, if you, if you sense a little bit of a difference in my voice or how I'm talking or, or things like that, I just don't want to leave you fully in the dark. I'm not going to tell you what's going on or anything like that. It's nothing serious. But I've been having a couple of necessary procedures done the last couple of weeks. And uh, I have one more to go. Hopefully it won't affect another show later down the road. But for now, um, just keep that in mind as I'm diving in. I want to yell on this week's show. I, I can't yell like I want to yell because uh, it's going to affect the work I just had done. Uh, I, can, I, can, I can hear your minds uh, working on this. I'm not going to dive into it. I just want to let you know. I want to give you a reason why I'm a little bit more mellow. Uh, no pun intended for lack of a better term, just because I, I, this is, this is, this is the most frustrated I've been all season with the Knicks going into a show. And I can't fully express my feelings about it, uh, because of the fact that I just had this procedure done and I can't really, uh, do anything until, uh, the next couple of weeks are up and then I can get things, uh, cleaned up and removed and things like that. And I'll be able to, to go back to what I normally sound like and talk like and, and stuff like that. Maybe not that long, but by, by next week's show, I should be fine. But, um, I, 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 I'm at a loss for words. Um, the, the last two weeks have been really tough on the Knicks. And I remember last show, I'm sorry, two shows ago, you know, saying, this is what we were looking for. This is what we were looking for. And after the Thanksgiving show, which by the way, you guys were phenomenal. The questions you guys sent in were fantastic. And, and we had some great um, back and forth on the show. That's what we want on the show. We really enjoy the, the fan interaction and and things like that. Although I don't always get a chance to, to reply to you guys in the comments. Um, I know that's rubbed some people the wrong way. It's not, it's not a slight against you guys. I can't say that enough. You guys are awesome. The fact that you listen to the show week in and week out is phenomenal. And I can't thank you guys enough for doing that. Uh, and, and I really hope you guys continue along. I, I think the show's been doing really well so far. From the feedback I've been getting from you guys, it's been overwhelmingly positive. And, and the one or two, again, I can count them on my hand. The one or two, three, maybe four bad comments we've gotten have just been people that either don't listen to the show or people like the last comment I got that don't think the box score is relevant uh, to a conversation about basketball. Uh, so... <laughs> 
take that for what you will. Um, it's just one of those things where like the, we got a little bit of hope and maybe that's the problem with the Knicks. We keep getting hope. Uh, and it's just not leading anywhere. And back on, back in late November, maybe not even late November, mid to late November, the Knicks beat the Cavs convincingly. And you're thinking, man, the stretch is tough coming up, but if they can get some of these wins, they're going to be in phenomenal shape. And they came so close twice against Philly. I remember the second game, watching the game, and I'm just thinking, you know what? It's it's the same problems. It's the same problems that this Nick team has been going through all season. There's no closer on this team. There's no consistent closer on this team. And listen, the bright spot of the last... Listen, the Knicks have now lost, at time of recording, seven in a row. And... In four of the seven games, Julius Randle has been the leading scorer. So it's good to see that he's picked up the load a little bit. But Marcus Morris, the guy that's been the closer at times for the Knicks, is not good enough to be a closer on this team. When you've spent $70 million, it doesn't matter who you've brought in. Again, it's part of the plan. But when you're 4-17, and 17, again, that overrides it. That's the part of the plan where it had to work. The Knicks had to start winning games. And when you're 21 games in, and you've only won four games, two of, by the way, against Dallas, I still can't believe two of the four wins have been against KP. That's pretty hard to believe. I don't think any of us would have believed that at the beginning of the season. If you'd said we were 4-17, and 17, two of the wins would be against KP. Would you believe it? I'd say, no. Are you joking me? And here we are. And it's unbelievable that that's the case, just that simple little fact alone. It's not unfathomable that the Knicks are four and seventeen. We knew this team wasn't very good, but it comes back to 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 two things. One, the Knicks had a plan, and at the moment, the plan is not oh, the the full plan is not working. Part of the plan is working. David Fisdale is developing the young guys, and for the most part, we're seeing progress out of a lot of these young guys. However, even that's starting to slip a little bit. Now listen, Frank Nilakina has gotten better. Team leader in assist, team leader in steals. That is starting to show up. Not only with the eye test, but it's starting to show up in the, in the stats as well. That's the good news. RJ Barrett has been phenomenal. He's had some bad games. He's a rookie. But he's played in 20 games. He started all 20 games. Or sorry, he's played in 20 of the 21 games. He has started all 20 of the games. He's averaging 15 points per game, just about five rebounds, three assists, and he's second on the team in steals, just behind Frank Nilakina. He has been a huge bright spot to this team. But you're starting to see the cracks. Kevin Knox is starting to fall off. Where has he been? I, I don't understand it. There were times where, where where Kevin Knox looked phenomenal this year. Phenomenal. Where you're just looking and you're like, man, you know, at some point, you know, David Fistel might think about starting this kid for a couple of games and, and seeing where it goes. At least that's what I was thinking. I don't know about you guys. Now, he did start him against Milwaukee, and he was terrible. So maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe that's part of the problem. He started him against Boston as well. He was okay. 
He said, we just started two games after, by the way, not playing coach's decision against the Sixers. A game the Knicks, in my opinion, I know it's Philly, should have won. That's a game the Knicks should have won. Philly was there for the taking. They knew they were there for the taking. You could see it in their eyes. Every time they showed Joel Embiid, I, I still, I, I love MSG. I think they do a great job. I used to work for MSG. They do a phenomenal job with their game broadcast. There's no question about that. They, they do a really good job. But my God, how many times do you have to show Joel Embiid during a timeout? This is the Knicks network. I know you're trying to showcase the stars and the Knicks have no stars. I get that. But every, the only reason I'm saying this is because every time I saw Joel Embiid, they showed him after every timeout and before every timeout in the game. It felt like that at least. He was sulking. You, you're just, maybe that's his normal demeanor. I don't watch the Sixers every week. But he's you, you could see him like just lumbering back to the time. And, and he even thought, oh my God, we might lose this game. This is the Knicks. I scored no points in a game earlier this year. And we're about to lose to the Knicks. But you know what? Philly won the game. No help from Joel Embiid in the end. But because the Knicks, again, don't know how to close a game out. And that's been the mix, the majority of the first 21 games. Three things. You have four wins mixed in there. That's a very small percentage of what we've seen. And then the two bigger problems, the two big things, which are number one, the Knicks don't defend well enough for four quarters in a game. They can score for four quarters. They can't defend for four quarters. And number two, and more importantly, they can't close games to save their lives. They can't do it. We've seen it too many times now where the Knicks either have a lead or are up late in the fourth quarter and they can't finish the job. Whether it's on defense or relying on somebody to score on the offensive end, it has very rarely panned out this year. There's no question in my mind about that. I've seen it too many times, Julius Randle making a bad pass, taking a bad shot, Marcus Morris chucking up a three, 10 seconds into the shot clock, or R.J. Barrett being too passive when I think he should be the one making the play. Or Frank Nilakina making a great play on one possession and taking it to the bucket, and then on the next possession saying, you know what, I'm just going to let somebody else do it. Or I'm going to take a three when the shot clock is at 14 seconds. These are the these are these are simple problems that have to be addressed. When people like me are pointing this stuff out, it's a problem. Late game execution has cost the Knicks at least four or five games this season. At least, probably a lot more than that. I just don't have all of the box scores in front of me. Sorry, don't have them out in front of me. It's 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 ridiculous to me. That to be honest, and this is the first shot I, I the first major shot I've taken at the front office in a while because I've been trying to defend David Fisdale for the last couple of weeks if I if you don't mind. But this comes back to you didn't spend the 70 million in the right spots here. 
not boosting the backcourt and focusing on the frontcourt hurts in these kind of situations because guards make the plays in the NBA when you're down by two or three points. And the Knicks don't have enough established playmakers on this team. So no wonder they're not making the plays down the stretch. No wonder Julius Randle's got the ball in his hands with 13 seconds to go in some of these games. It's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. And then in in the middle of these late game executions, you just get these blowouts that just come out of nowhere when you go to, now not out of nowhere because these are two of the best teams in the East, but the Knicks go to Toronto, have a phenomenal first quarter where they're making shots, they're moving the ball, they're defending well. Toronto looks sluggish. And then you let them right back in in the second quarter and you're never in the game. And then you get blown out by 20, what is it, 28 points? 26 points? 28 points. Come on. You give yourself a chance. You don't execute. The Philly game, oh my gosh. The game was right there in the fourth quarter. It was right there. The Knicks had made the comeback. The Knicks dominated in the first quarter. Dominated. I think they had a double-digit lead. Second quarter, they handled it. They had a decent lead at the break, but that third quarter again, they let the Sixers right back in, and then they had to come back in the fourth, and it was too late. They didn't make enough plays, and they didn't execute down the stretch on either end. The Knicks could have beaten the Sixers three times, two or three times this year already. Could have beaten the Nets twice already this year. And all those go down as L's. Knicks play the Celtics again. Could have beaten them twice this year at least. Of the fourth quarter again, you get outscored by double figures after you had handled Boston for three quarters. That's the part. This is where the plan is not working. The, the, these players are not good enough. It's getting to that point. And, I, and, and this is, for those that are going to say them going back on what I said, there's, we're getting close to enough of a sample size here where the writing is on the wall. It's on the wall. Now, we're going to have another discussion in the second half of the podcast that I knew we were going to have at some point this season. But I don't know what to do if I'm the Knicks because, once again, you've dug your own grave. You've dug your own grave in some respects here. Listen, the Boston game, much like a lot of these close games, it comes down to the one quarter. And the Knicks cannot close out in the fourth. This game was there to be won. But there's nobody on this team you trust in the final five minutes to make the plays. Boston's got three of those guys, you could argue, that you trust down the stretch. I trust Jason Tatum. I trust Kemba Walker. I trust Jalen Brown. I don't trust Frank Nilakina. I don't trust Julius Randle. I don't trust R.J. Barrett yet. I trust Marcus Morris a little bit, but didn't play. Neck injury. It's the NBA. Injuries happen. But even if Marcus Morris plays, the Knicks probably don't win. Let's be honest. And, and, then, and then a game that I... The, the first game this season as a Nick fan that I turned it off. First game this year as a Nick that I turned off the game. I, I turned it off. Couldn't watch it anymore. 
Bucks 132, Knicks felt like 20. Felt like 20 points. What was that? What did they? 88. Oh my God. 88 points. Now listen. I didn't think the Knicks were going to win the game. Don't get me wrong. Please. I know better than that. I know how good the Bucks are. They've got the best record in the NBA. Along with the LA Lakers. But goodness me. 132 to 88. I mean. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Three guys in double figures. But all five starters. Well, I... What, Randall, I think Randall had 20, 19 or 20. Nobody else in, in the starting five scored in double figures. You had Alonzo Trier and Damian Dotson, 25 combined off the bench. Nobody else scored in double figures. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. And, and it started in the first quarter and it rolled through there. And midway through the third, I just can't watch this game anymore. I can't do it. I can't do it. The writing's on the wall. I just can't put myself through it. Maybe you can. And if you can, God bless you. Holy smokes, what are you doing with your life? The Knicks haven't earned your trust that much. When the Knicks are down by 25 in the third, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Sorry. I've seen it too many times. I know how that story was going to end. The Bucks team is too good. I mean, there's other times where Knicks, the Knicks have made comebacks in the past, and you can feel it coming. This Knicks team, not they didn't give up, but it felt like they gave up. There were guys hustling, and, and they were getting there, and and stuff like that. Getting there, they were getting on shooters. They were they were contesting shots and. But but they weren't they weren't effective. They just weren't doing anything right. N- nothing that impacted the game in a positive way, in their favor. They were just going through the motions. That's tough to watch, man. We get to this point a lot over the last couple of years, and we're at that point already. Twenty one games into the season, where you know we had a chance for the Knicks to be good. Maybe not good, but competitive. And this is one of the early signs where, man, you know how no matter how hard this Knicks team this Nick team tries, they're not good enough. And that's going to stem into topic two on this show today. You guys have talked about it. We've already discussed this on the show because it already happened once this season. But now, what's the future of David Fisdale? Because ever since that press conference in Chicago, the Knicks won a couple of games. That's worn off now. Knicks have lost seven in a row. And listen, I defended David Fisdale because I know the positives that he's been doing. And I still stand by that. There's nothing you can say that would get me off of that. We've seen a lot of progress. And guys, that by the way, you have died on a hill for this year, like Frank Nilakina. You guys are dying on that hill. But then don't give David Fisdale the credit for helping his development. Now, again, that that goes back to last year when he was with the Knicks, but also with the French team as well, a little bit there as well. But there's a reason he's been working really hard during the offseason. The Knicks coaching staff's been really making sure that he does that. 
So he, again, David Fisdale is part of his development, but then you don't give him the credit for developing him. You just give Frank all the credit, and he deserves a lot of the credit. You got to put in the work, but there's a reason that he's putting in the work. It's not only because he's got the drive. David Fisdale has got a plan in place. However, a big however, he's not winning games. He's not winning enough games. And and I love I love a lot of my friends that I talk to and a lot of colleagues I talk to about the Knicks because they get it. They know what's going on here. They understand why this plan could still work, by the way, but why it was put in place. But when you spend $70 million on a roster to revamp it, you expect them to not be right where you were last year. And the Knicks won 17 games last year, and they're on track to do something close to that again. Because if the Knicks win only 20 games, 21, 20, even 25 games, it's not good enough with the team that's there. This team should be winning close to 30 games. And they're not on pace to do that. It's really frustrating, man. It really is. And in the next part of the show, we're talking about a topic I thought we'd be talking about later on in the season, but now we're getting really serious about it. And that's when's, when's, the, when's the real end for David Fisdale and what does that mean for the Knicks? We'll take a break here. We'll dive further into the Knicks, into a Marcus Morris injury uh, that's really puzzling. And not the neck injury, but this injury. And then we'll dive into the future of David Fisdale next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, I want to get to David Fisdale, but I, I do want to touch on this Marcus Morris story as well. I I, I wasn't going to talk about this, um, but this is just classic Knicks. Like, I thought I had to at least squeeze this in at some point. Um, Marcus Morris... So, Marcus Morris has missed the last few games due to a neck injury, blah, blah. I'm taking this off of... Uh, Getting this from CBS Sports and Ian Begley, who tweeted this out. Um, so the neck injury is actually connected, and that's that's where I lost the uh, the connection there. The neck injury, and then it w- he had the neck injury, and it was finally explained. That's the part that was missed in this whole thing on my end here. So I apologize for the miscommunication there. But Marcus Morris hurt his neck. 
prior to the Philadelphia game last year when his one-year-old son jumped on him. So he played, and the injury got worse. So he's missed the last two games because he played through the neck injury, and it has progressively gotten worse. Uh, Morris told Newsday, and this is what I was thinking initially, he's very big for a one-year-old. He's huge, man. Every morning he comes into the room and jumps on me and that stuff. I just got a, a bad batch of it that morning. Oh, my God. I mean, just ridiculous. How big is that one-year-old kid that he hurts an NBA player's back by jumping on him? It's classic Knicks. Classic Knicks. What, what is he, 50 pounds? I don't want to go nuts over this. I don't want to, you know, take a shot at Marcus Morris or his parenting. Probably just natural that the kid's big. But holy smokes. How much does that how much does that kid weigh? One year old kid. Did they drop a bowling ball on his neck? Oh my god. I mean, you might as well just keep that to yourself. Like, why would you let the New York media get that? Oh, my God. Especially when you're losing this many games, man. Oh. When I first read that yesterday or earlier, I think I I saw the Ian Begley tweet, and then I I looked into it later on before the show, earlier on before the show. Yikes almighty. Marcus Morris, man. Oh embarrassing it's it's like it's almost like amari punching the glass with the with the, with the fire hydrant the axe whatever it was in miami and and missing playoff games a kid a one-year-old jumping on your back and you have a neck injury now oh my gosh man i mean come on This is, this is why these ridiculous stipulations are written in these players' contracts to not do certain things. Because they can't even... Even at home, they're getting hurt. A kid jumps in. Oh, my God. What's next? You're going to be swinging on a swing set and, you, and you're so heavy, you bring down the swing set and you hurt your back? Like, like what are we doing here? Come on now. Oh. All right, enough enough whining. Enough whining on my part. We got to get to the Fizdale stuff. I know you guys are you're swimming in the waters. You're piranhas, you're sharks. You're swimming around the blood off of the Nick's corpse at the moment, waiting to pounce. Here's the deal. According to an NBC Sports, well, actually, this is technically a rumor. I'm not going to say a report. It's rumored that, and this is from NBC Sports, and this is actually, they're actually quoting SNY, I believe. David Fisdale will be fired soon, according to SNY TV. And actually, this is another worthy shout out for Ian Begley, who does a great job covering the Knicks. We don't have a definitive answer. This is from uh, Ian Begley. But one member of the organization said last month that he expected management to fire Fisdale soon. The person who expressed the thought isn't someone who would make the decision to fire Fisdale, but the idea that a member of the Knicks believes a coaching change is coming 
says a lot about the level of uncertainty in New York right now. So that's probably, I can already, I can already hear what you guys are saying while you're listening to the podcast. He's gone. Then fire him. Then fire him. And my only response to you is who the bleep are you bringing in then? I get where you're at. I get where your head's at. I'm coming around on it. There's enough of a sample size where it's getting to the point where the Knicks have to start winning games or you really have to start worrying about the future of David Fisdale. Now, I'm a little bit more patient than the normal New York sports fan with a lot of these people. Maybe I'm a little old school in that regard because I've seen it in too many sports not work when you keep firing, hiring, firing, hiring, firing, hiring. doesn't work. But the Knicks spent a lot of money on this team. That's something that can't be ignored. $70 million, roughly, for this year in free agency. And I'm sure Perry and Mills are thinking, we did not spend $70 million to be the worst team in the NBA again. They have every right to feel that way. And David Fisdale, in that regard, would be the first to go. In my opinion, there are, he has been still very positive with a lot of the players individually on this team. But if we're sitting here two weeks from now and the Knicks are still sitting on four or five wins or even six wins, what? he's not doing the biggest part of the job, which is you're supposed to take this young group and start winning to attract the free agents and get to that second part of the plan, which is for 2020 or 2021 to be looking at getting some of the top free agents in the NBA. Because the only reason it's worked in Brooklyn and it's worked in Miami and they've gotten those big-time free agents is because the core that was in place as far as the players were not... And and by the way, the Clippers as well, it's a big reason why Kawhi and Paul George are with the Clippers right now, is because that core not only won games, but in, I think, two of the three scenarios made the playoffs. I don't think the Heat made the playoffs. So two out of the three. There's a reason those players went there. The core was in place. It's a winning environment. The coaching staff is solidified. That's the biggest reason why the development matters. And I've been saying this throughout the season. Throughout the season. It's really tough to keep David Fisdale on if if we're opening up presents on Christmas and the Knicks haven't won 10 games. 10, yes, that's the number. That's a lot of games to not win 10 games. With a team that I thought would be borderline already at 10 games potentially under their belt because of the stretch that they went through and the winnable games on their schedule. And as you've seen from the, the close games, it's very possible the Knicks could be 10 and 11 right now. But here we are, they're 4 and 17. And part of that is on David Fisdale. I've, I, I've told you that I would come back around on this if we got a bigger sample size. We're getting pretty darn close. But my only response to you is this. Again, I'm making, 
I, I'm not unreasonable with this, but my I only ask you to be reasonable. Who are you bringing in? Who's gonna bring? Who is gonna come in and continue the plan, and be better than Fisdale? That's out there right now. And my God, if you say David Blatt, I'm gonna lose it. I had a friend of mine the other day said I would take anybody. I take David Blatt. I said shut your mouth right now. David Blatt. David Blatt. You would take David Blatt. You might as well just keep David Fisdale, man. It's one of those things where Knicks fans are getting desperate. They're getting impatient, like we always do. And I don't blame... Listen, I've said this before. I don't blame Knicks fans for being impatient when it comes to this team. I don't blame you. But you've got to look at the bigger picture. You can't just fire people for the sake of firing people. It's a big deal when somebody gets fired in professional sports. There's a lot of thought that goes behind it. I'm a big fan of the English Premier League, English soccer over in Great Britain. There have been like five managers fired in the last three weeks. From the, from the Premier League. And you, you, you probably, for those that follow it, I'm sure that it's very few of you, but it's one of those things where even then, when it's even an even quicker trigger than the NBA in, in English soccer, where, bang, a manager can be fired like that. There's a team in England called Watford Football Club that have already fired two managers this season. They've played 15 games. Yet they're still looking at the bigger picture. Before they're still taking the time that's necessary to do it. Before they're doing their due diligence before they fire these people. There's somebody in place. You don't just fire somebody because they're not doing well and you don't have a backup plan. You don't have somebody ready to come in. So that's why I'm saying that's why I'm stressing this so much. A buddy of mine who loves the NBA and the Premier League like I do, he's a Tottenham fan. I don't mean to go comparative with the two leagues here, but I'm trying to get you to understand. Tottenham Fire is a very good manager that's been really good for them the last couple of seasons. Has gotten them to heights they've never reached before in like decades. They still fired him. And they brought in Another manager, a more well-known manager, someone you may have even heard of, named Jose Mourinho, who has won trophies everywhere he's been. They only made that move because they knew Jose Mourinho was not only interested, but told them he would sign on the dotted line if they got rid of their manager. Is Mark Jackson saying to the Knicks that he's going to sign on the dotted line? If, if they got rid of David Fisdale? Is Jeff or Stan Van Gundy expressing interest to the Knicks if they get rid of David Fisdale? I'm sorry. Have you heard that? I haven't heard that. There's got to be a contingency plan before you willy-nilly fire people in sports. So, for the again, it's not just you guys. There's plenty of people, plenty of my friends 
are fed up. And I'm getting close to that point. And I'm a patient guy with these kind of things. But you can't just fire them and then not tell me who should come in. Because if you don't have an answer, I don't want to hear it. You can't have it both ways. You can't just say, oh yeah, get rid of them. And then say, well, I don't know who they should bring in. Listen, I get it. It's not your job. But then don't ram it down my throat. When there, when when you don't even have an answer. I'm telling you who could be out there, but I'm also telling you, I don't think these two people are coming. I don't think Mark Jackson's walking through that door in White Plains, New York, where the Knicks train. I don't think either of the Van Gundys are walking through that door. And I'm going to tell you this right now. If the Knicks hire someone like David Fisdale, I'm sorry, if the Knicks fire David Fisdale and hire someone like David Blatt, and we're having this same conversation in February, I don't want to hear it from you. I don't want to hear it from you. I really don't. You can't have it both ways. Because there's two ways this could go. The Knicks could hold on to Fisdale, which is what I think they should do for now. See how the next couple of weeks go. And then one of two things will happen in this scenario. He'll win games and he'll extend his chances of keeping the job. Or they'll keep losing and at some point the Knicks will reach their breaking point and probably fire him anyway. Or two, they fire him now and bring in someone you're probably not going to be thrilled with because there's nobody out there that wants this job. And they're just going to keep losing games right now. The one big pro to all the cons that everyone has about David Fisdale is that he gets the best out of his players. He develops these young players. They play for him. They get better under him. Now, to be fair, it hasn't led to wins. I can't argue that. That's a huge piece of this plan that's not fallen into place. But you can't say that the Knicks, as at least for certain players, have not gotten a whole lot better as players and as people under David Fisdale. It's probably the one thing that's keeping him employed right now, if I'm being honest with you. That's that's a hunch. That's speculation. Because R.J. Barrett has, has flourished in the NBA. He's really done really well. We've seen the signs from Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, Frank Nilakina. It's it, the, some of the stuff that we've been looking for has been there, but it's a, it's a results business. Trust me. I get that, but there's also got to be a plan in place. There really has to be a plan before you start going off and just getting rid of these guys. Why do you think the Lakers were bad for so many years and could never get a good coach? And by the way, the only reason that's all been negated is because LeBron James is there. And because LeBron James is there, Anthony Davis is there. But it's because they fired Mike Brown after seven games and had to pay him that contract and then pay the next coach his contract and then the next coach his contract. And then here we are. And Luke Walton's the head coach. And the only reason they're any good is because LeBron James is on their team and Anthony Davis is on their team. And now it's not even Luke Walt anymore. Remember that? It's Frank Vogel. 
Luke Walton didn't work out. They're still paying all these contracts. And listen, Frank Vogel's a good coach, man. He's a good coach. But without LeBron and without Anthony Davis, he'd be in a lot worse situation than he is right now. A lot worse of a situation than he is right now. I, I, it's tough. This stuff, this stuff is not easy with the Knicks. It's tough to talk about as a fan of this team because it just doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. That's the long, that, that's the Nick fan from the last two decades talking to you right now. Because you get to the point where you're out of options. You're out of options as a, as a front office for, when, with looking for a coach. The team's not playing well. Yes, there's, the guys are developing, but they're not winning games. So do you keep Fizdale and you keep going down this road and you see if he can turn it around? Or do you pull the plug and you say, no, we've got to bring somebody else. But then who do you bring in? There's nobody that wants the job and there's nobody that can do a good enough job that's out there right now that can turn this around. And then you get stuck. You're stuck. And in my opinion, that's why I think when you get stuck, you stick with what you got. Because you'd never know if he could turn it around. David Fisdale knows these guys. David Fisdale's worked really hard with these guys. I think for now, and it's not a long now, (laughs) believe me, I think you give Fizdale a couple of weeks and if we're opening up presents or if you're Christmas shopping or it's the winter solstice and David Fizdale has not improved this team, you better have a damn good backup plan, man. You better have a damn good other option to turn to. And in my opinion, you know, if you're asking me, and I, I had, this is another good point. I, I had a couple of really good questions in person last week from a couple of Nick fans that asked me, but Sean, what if there isn't another option? Like, what if nobody wants this job? What are they going to do? Who are they going to bring in? And, and, and that's a scary thought. It's a scary thought to have if you're a New York Knicks fan right now. Who the bleep are they bringing in? Reasonably. Reasonable reasonable options. I don't know. I don't know. That's the scary part about where the Knicks are at. I'm not sure they even know where to go from here. Tough note to end on. In this week's show, I just want to say, I, I want to end on a little bit of a higher note. I just want, hopefully, two things. Number one, you guys were phenomenal with the questions last week. I said this earlier. Phenomenal, phenomenal questions. By the way, one of the questions that I did get asked, I didn't get a chance to answer last week, which helps because I brought up some of the Premier League stuff. A friend, of, not a friend of the show, but a friend that uh, a friend I've gotten to know through him listening to the show asked me, he's a piece Premier League fan like I am, which team in the Premier League reminds him of the Knicks? And for those that 
know the Premier League, that know the teams from top to bottom. They know what my answer is, and they shouldn't have to think twice about it. And the answer is Newcastle United. Now, for those that don't know who Newcastle United is, it's not a big deal. You don't have to know what that is. If you want to look it up, you'll find a lot of similarities between the Knicks and Newcastle United. Newcastle is a huge club in England, in a huge market. They're the only team in Newcastle, which is a, which is a big city in the northern part of England. And they used to be really good. They had the glory days where they were one of the best teams in the country, constantly you know competing for European qualification towards the top of the league every year. They had a legendary player in Alan Shearer, who's one of the best players the Premier League has ever seen. And since then, they've had an owner named Mike Ashley, who has just put them and their fans through hell for two decades. Almost. Sound familiar? Yeah, I thought so too. So those kind of questions were awesome last week. You guys really came through with those amazing questions. Um, thank you guys so much for that because I, it shows me where the show is at and it shows me how much you guys like the show and how much you guys, uh, enjoy interacting with the show. And that means a lot. I really appreciate you guys doing that. And hopefully we'll have more of those coming forward. I'd like to do another one, uh, on my last show before Christmas, if possible, I've kind of scoped it out. Uh, Christmas, I think falls on a, on a Wednesday this year. So it's going to be tougher, uh, to do a show because Christmas Eve is Tuesday. Uh, my plan is to still do a show for that Friday. Um, so I might ha- I, I, I might either record on that Monday or the day after Christmas on Thursday. So I'm going back and forth on when uh, I'm going to record that week. But I'd like to do another Q&A like that because I think you guys, uh, it seems like you guys are enjoying that and, and that means a lot to me. I enjoy answering your questions um, and things like that. And the last thing I want to get off to get out of here on is is this. Um, this is going to be a tough stretch coming up for the Knicks, and I I just see it in the comments. I see it in the comments. The the interesting thoughts on where this Nick team is at. Let's the one thing I don't like about Nick fans, and I'm a Nick fan, I do this too, is the fighting that goes on. Now it doesn't happen a lot in our comments. You guys are in the comments. You guys are awesome, and and my plan is to try to interact with you guys more in the comments. I know that that's been a little bit of a a thing that that people don't seem to like, as I don't get a chance to get into the comments. And my plan is to do that a little bit more on Twitter. You guys are brutal to each other absolutely brutal you guys are rooting for the same team i'm not saying this because christmas is coming up or the holidays are coming up or hanukkah is coming up i'm saying this because you guys are like losing it over nothing keep this in mind like i've seen this with met fans for years they just blow it up over each uh, blow it up on each other in, in on twitter and it's just like listen man yankee fans do it too by the way and they're in much better shape with their team than mets fans are and it's just like, yo, you're rooting for the same team. Like, give it a rest. So no matter how bad it gets, and with the Knicks, it gets this bad, it seems like, every year. Lay off each other in the comments, man. It's bad enough. You know, if you want to rip me, 
I, I'm in the public eye, for lack of a better word. You guys, hundreds and thousands of people listen to the show. So, so people know the show. A, 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 you know, a portion of Nick fans know the show. So if you want to take it out, I, I'm probably not going to see it. You know, don't take it out on each other. It's bad enough that we have to watch this team play games day in and day out. Lay off each other a little bit because it gets, I read some of this stuff and it just gets vile on social media with the way you guys act to each other. And it's, to your own fans, it's bad enough when, when, when fans of opposing teams are ripping each other and going too far and things like You're rooting for the same team. Give it a rest. We both want you both want what's best for the Knicks. Just leave it at that. And that's where I'm gonna leave this. We'll see what happens next week uh with David Fisdale. We'll see what happens with the Knicks next week as well. Um upcom- I haven't even looked at the upcoming schedule. I, I I've checked out uh since that game against the Bucks. I don't even know who the Knicks are playing next week or are coming up. Uh probably not the best thing. Uh, maybe it is the best thing. I, I maybe I need a break uh from the Knicks. I'm going to briefly look this up before I get out of here. But in the meantime, uh, the Nuggets are next. So you'll know the score of the Nuggets game next. I'm going to be trying to get to the Pacer game in person on December 7th. And the Knicks go on a crazy West Coast road trip. Blazers, Warriors, Kings, and then they play the Nuggets again. So tough stretch coming up for the Knicks. And we'll see what happens. For now, be nice. Keep listening to the show. You guys are awesome. Keep sending in your thoughts on postingandtoasting.com or at SSJ7 on Twitter. I will see you guys next time on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network, Shock Jock, Nick's Podcast. Have a great holiday season, you guys, and I will see you next week. Enjoy your weekend.